Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Renar Voice. I am one of your hosts, Robert Swatala, and I'll help guide this ship today. With me is my co-host, Jeff Mazone. Jeff, welcome. How are you? Hey, thanks so much, Robert. Yeah, again, really excited about our second episode here. Uh, and, and today we have the great privilege of, of having one of our chapter faculty members, uh, Dr. King, with us. Good morning, Dr. King. Hey, good morning, everybody. And good morning for those of, of you who are listening in. It's great to great to connect in this way. Hey, Jeff, before we get started with uh, interviewing Dr. King, a um, couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Oh, boy, I was not prepared for that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so first of all, you know, we mentioned every time we, we open here, Renar Voice. Uh, could you tell the audience what Renar, R-E-N-A-R, stands for? Yeah, that, hmm. I guess we we didn't do that the first no, time. No, we didn't. No, no, we just naturally assume. Whoops. Okay. So Renar Voice is Rho Eta Nu Alpha Rho, which is the name of our CSI chapter. And I think it was you, Robert, that came up with Voice, uh, which is so fitting, uh, being that it's a podcast-style interview. Uh, but really, just featuring the voices of our our wonderful professors too. Uh, so yeah. Renar Voice. Yeah, and I, I, that's really the intent of this podcast is to to take some of uh, Liberty's faculty and other professionals and just uh, spend a, a short time with them, pick their brain a little bit, and um, and really just for all of us to grow in our counseling profession. And uh, uh, we made it to episode two, so hopefully there will be many more to come with us. We should get one of those jazzy intro uh, soundtracks too, you know? We may have to work on that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. So without I'm, further I'm loving ado. this, guys. I'm, I'm just loving this. Really, that's without, a great idea. <laughs> without further ado, why, Jeff? Why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, Dr. King? Yep, us. sounds good. So Dr. John King has been a core faculty member at Liberty University for almost three years. He is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania. He received his PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision at Regent University, an MDiv from Biblical Seminary, and an MA in Counseling Psychology from Kutztown University. Dr. King has had one foot in the field of counseling and the other in pastoral ministry for 25 years. He is ordained in the Brethren in Christ Church and has served on the pastoral staff at Mechanicsburg Brethren in Christ Church, now part-time, for the past 17 years where he leads a recovery ministry and counsels people through the church. He has been a site supervisor for about 17 masters and doc level students through the local church over the past 12 years, and he has supervised a number of master's level counselors toward licensure. Dr. King is married to Cindy, and together they have nine children and three children-in-law. They are strong orphan care advocates, and they consult regularly with adoptive couples. They have been foster parents for many years, in addition to being adoptive parents. So thanks again, Dr. King, for being here. This is so great to have you. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. And I, and I saw you kind of uh, laughing a little bit when you're like nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long story for another day. But yeah, it's great to be here, guys, for sure. Yeah, great, great to have you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of had to smile with nine because I have two myself and I, I have to smile when I with that many. So I, I used to say I have nine children today. But but it hasn't really changed. I, I've, I'm just adding in-laws these days. I've had three weddings in two years. So, you know, God is good. Very blessed. Amen. 
So, Dr. King, first question I wanted to know is what led you into the counseling profession and, and further into CES? And, and maybe for our audience, if you could say what CES stands for, I think that would be a good understanding. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, CES is Counselor Education and Supervision. So it's more than just being a counselor. It's getting extra training in, in how to supervise well and how to be an educator well and to do that. So... You know, for me, I jokingly say that I, you know, I, I'm, I, I became a counselor because of my background. I, I think at a, at a one level or another, all of us who are training to become counselors have become, have, are doing this because of where we came from. Um, some of us have backgrounds that are very difficult and painful, but we've had resilience you know, and, and we come out on the other end recognizing that because of the wounding that we've had in our past and the healing that we've received, that we can now be uh, what Henry Nowen calls a wounded healer. So I really love that concept that I was once wounded and I still have the scars to prove it, but I'm now um, employed by, by the Lord in, in a ministry of healing. So for me, I, uh, you know, really started for me when I started uh, as a freshman in college at my alma mater, Bluffton College, a small Mennonite school in Northwest Ohio. And, and I, uh, I recognized taking intro to psych that, man, I really love this. I really love it. So um, I, I, I changed my major from math secondary ed to psychology much to the chagrin of my professor, but he got over it eventually. Um, I graduated, um, so I got my, I got my BA and my, and my wife at my undergrad college. That was a good deal for me. Um, I started off in counsel, in doing really social work. My first job was as a foster care social worker for medically fragile foster children in Philadelphia. Here's this boy from the cornfields of Indiana riding the subway into Philadelphia and having a completely multicultural experience walking in. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I did that, um, started grad school in counseling. Uh, after two years of doing, doing social work in Philadelphia, <clears throat> got a grad assistantship and finished my master's degree. And I thought, you know, I'm going to start doing this counseling thing. I really enjoyed it. And um, then uh, God clearly, uh, it's another story for another day, clearly called me to pastoral ministry. And not only did he call me, but the church I was attending also called me. So, so whenever there's a, a pastoral ministry call, it's, it's an inner call, which I clearly had. And it's an, it's an external call. Usually a, a church or a ministry says, will you come and be a pastor? And so for me, those were like almost one in the same time. Um, so, you know, but, but I still had my counseling degree and my pastor at the time, the senior pastor I worked with said that he felt I was more prepared to be a pastor than he was be because he just had theological training. I had real world people training in my counseling degree. Um, so I, I began that work, um, and then I ended up becoming a school counselor for part-time for three years at a Christian high school. 
Uh, those were good years, but just recognizing that I needed to choose one or the other for my sanity at the time and ended up, yeah, seriously, I was working 150% of the time, getting paid 100% of the time. Then I, yeah, so again, a long journey of all this, but I ended up um, going full-time as a pastor, becoming ordained in the Mennonite church where I used to serve. And then, um, then in 2003, located to Central PA where I currently am with my wife. And we had four small children at that point added quite a few through adoption and, and all of that. Um, then, you know, I was also working toward my MDiv degree. So I had, by the time, you know, 2004 came around, I had a master's in counseling psych and an MDiv. So I really felt like those were two areas of my life that you know, as I said, in you know, as you read in in my introduction, I've had one foot in pastoral ministry and one foot in counseling for, gosh, a quarter century, I guess. So, um, you know, the the other thing that I was really challenged as a as a young pastor, uh, I had a mentor named Walter who challenged me to write a life mission statement, and that was um, my life, my my mission statement uh, has pretty much remained the same but today from from that point 20 some years ago to now it is this my long-term goal is to leave behind a legacy of counselors pastors uh, missionaries and especially children who are committed to expanding the kingdom of god in this world and so you know because of that i really felt like the last half of my professional life should be in bringing others along with me. So that was really an impetus for me to get into my PhD work. Um, many thanks to my wife for making major sacrifices for that to happen and my children. So, um, yes, yeah, so, so from that point, I, I received my PhD and was just waiting for an opportunity. I had done some um, adjunct work at another school close by, and then this opportunity for liberty uh, came. And it has been a blessing for me. So I really feel like in my work with liberty, I'm operating in my sweet spot where, you know, I, I do still do some pastoral work. Like this week, I, I'm conducting a funeral for a woman who, who just died from cancer. And I baptized her and her, her, and her husband at at their bedside a couple months ago because they wanted to follow Jesus. And so, you know, I, I, I continue my counseling skills in my pastoral work. I also do counseling in my church setting. Uh, but the bulk of my work now is in educating and training counselors from all over the country and in and, and some places of the world too. So it's just a blessing for me. I feel like I'm operating in my sweet spot now. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Dr. King. You know, it's just, you said before when we started that so much of your story and why you're here now is autobiographical, and it, it just seems like all the pieces have come together. Um, and, and part of the reason that we wanted to have you uh, this morning is because we, we surveyed our members about topics that they want to see addressed in the podcast or in events, and the integration piece was one of the, the highest ranking items uh, on the survey that students wanted to discuss 
how do we integrate our faith um, in this profession? And, and it seems, you know, Dr. King, by your background, uh, your work, uh, that you, you kind of take both professions. You know, you're an ordained minister. Uh, you're also a professor and a licensed counselor. So just joining those things together. Um, so could you share with us, Dr. King, just what does that look like? How do we as, as you know, budding counselors, how do we integrate our faith both in a private practice setting, but also mm -hmm. in our work, you know, for those of us that will be placed in a, in a public agency, a government institution, what, what does that look like? I love talking about this. Um, thank you for the question. And I, and I just want to speak to students here um, who are, especially students who are listening in. For me, um, integration, I think a lot of people think, you know, I, I want to do integration. Okay, what's the next trick? <laughs> like, what do I need to do? It's, it's less about what I do, and it's really more about who I am and who I am as a follower of Jesus. I heard um, Dr. Mark McMinn, he's a, he's a well-known integration person. Um, all of you, if you take 506, will have read his, one of his books. And he says integration is more caught than taught. And I totally agree with him in this. Like, so, you know, my, I'm a follower of Jesus and my ultimate allegiance is to him. And everything else in my life flows from that. So I don't know if I'm going to answer your question directly, but, but I think the way I'm going to answer your question, I think is more profound because if I know who I am and, and I think the biggest gift that we give to our clients is the gift of ourself and our presence and our attention. And if I know who I am and my faith in Christ, and everything else can flow from that. Um, so I, I, I heard just, just for example, um, there's a guy named Paul Miller. Um, I was a, uh, he attended a previous church where I was, um, uh, you know, a part of, and he, he had this great saying, it was, you need to look before you can love. And what he meant by that is how Jesus really interacted with people as a, as a person and how he, like examples, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When he saw the woman whose son had died and she was a widow, her only son, his heart went out to her and said, don't cry. And then he healed her son. Um, there's, there's lots of examples where Jesus saw somebody and then responded, you know, and so for me, um, it doesn't matter if I'm at a public institution or a private institution, whether I'm in um, private practice or whether I am in, um, in, a, in a public setting where I can't like literally share the name Jesus, um, regardless of that, I can be a fully integrated person myself. Like I, I, my integration flows out of who I am. Fortunately for me, I, I work in a church setting where obviously I can talk about my faith in Christ and people come to me because they want that. But really for me, it comes out of who I am first. You know, to look for the new little tricks 
um, or the little, you know, the little sayings, you know, I have, I have a, bu a bunch of those tools, but ultimately it comes out of who I am as a follower of Jesus. And am I, am I going to take the time and the energy to, to be fully present with someone and, and love them the way they need loved? And if I, and I can do that in a public setting, in a private setting, I can do that anywhere. So, um, one more thing I'm, I'm thinking about. Henry Blackaby wrote a book many years ago. It's a classic for seminarians called Experiencing God. I highly recommend the book. And the whole idea around the book was, um, and this is kind of his theology of, of missional theology. He says, find out where God is moving and join him there. I love that. I love that. Um, for me, it was easy to come to liberty because I found out, I mean, God is absolutely moving in this program and it's easy to join him in this program and to see where God is leading. For everyone listening, it's gonna be important for them to, to ask that question, God, where do I see you moving? I wanna join you there. And especially in the counseling profession, we have a lot of places where we can join the Lord's work especially in COVID-19 days. So, yeah. You know, uh, gosh, we have this, uh, this saying in Latin, you might know this, Dr. King, from your, your studies in theology, but uh, a Jerry Secretary essay, that action follows being. Yes, that action love that. follows being. And, and, and that, that, that's perfect, you know? And, and I would just imagine, um, no matter the setting, like you said, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and, and who we are as Christians, that we, that love can flow no matter the setting, no matter the ethical yeah. um, concerns or the, the need to bracket our own values and not impose them on the client. But love cannot be held back. Love can't be bracketed. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That's great. It can't be bracketed. Yeah, and that's a that's a fantastic point, and and I think um, that really leads us well into the final question here, Doctor King. Is you know we we are called to love everyone, and uh, we are going to encounter non-believers in, in our profession and our and really in our walk. <clears throat> we talk a lot about integration. You mentioned you know how in, in your career and in, in in the church, it, it's easier to integrate you know, and, and, and share that. Can you just talk about how you're able to do integration, maybe for those that don't consider themselves Christians or non-believers <clears throat> and, and, and how you navigate that faith element, that integration element with those individuals? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I work with clients who don't consider themselves Christian, um, you know, like, again, it's a similar kind of idea. Like, I want, well, maybe I could I'll say it a little bit differently. Um, I, I saw in, um, in the book of Genesis where Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. And, and all of these series of unfortunate events happened to him, but he maintained his integrity before God and and God granted him this this concept in its divine favor it's like 
everything he did, he did well. And he worked hard. I mean, you can see it woven in the story. Like he gained the favor of the jailers. He gained the favor of the man who bought him. He, he gained the favor of Pharaoh. Um, and that didn't just come out of thin air. That came out of his own identity of who God made him to be. And, and so I, I, it was, a, I don't know who, who said this quote, you know, preach, preach the gospel always when necessary, use words. Right. Um, I don't remember who that is. St. Right Francis of Assisi was oh, saying that, but there's no yes. record of him actually saying that, but it, it you know, it works. <laughs> it, it, it works right. yeah. Well, I mean, the principle is here, right? Like, so I want, I want my life to count. And, and you know what, like, you know, a, a, a simple prayer could be, God, let my light shine among others so that they will see Jesus through me. And that doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter who I come into contact with, whether it's the president of the United States or the king of the world or someone scooped up off the street who is in deep distress that I make the choice to see people as people of infinite worth to God. So that's, you know, so if I see someone who doesn't consider themselves a Christian, I can pray for them. I don't, I don't have to pray out loud in a session. In fact, that might would probably be unethical depending on the scenario and situation, uh, but I can pray for them silently while I'm in a session. I can pray for them outside. I, I can I can bring them before God and ask the Lord to heal them. Um, you know, much of Jesus's ministry was a ministry of healing. It, I don't think he, I don't think it really mattered to him the theological orientation of the people that he healed. But he was like, a light is come into the world. I'm that light. Follow me. And so I think I can do, I can represent Jesus no matter where I am. And if somebody's here, you know, struggling with being in a secular place, man, that might be the very place that God calls you to grow your own faith and trust in him and, and allow the Lord's light to shine through you in, a, in dark places. Gosh, in counseling, we're in dark places, aren't we? You know, just had somebody that passed away close to me through addiction this past week. These are dark and harrowing times. It's, it's just sad. But, you know, if God's with me, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. So, yeah, <laughs> we could talk forever on that because that's just so, you know, I, 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 I believe that counselors who are Christian can operate in lots of places in this world. And so if you're one of those, if you're listening and you're one of those, man, I, I just bless you. Find out where God's moving. Join his work. Join his work. Yeah. Well said, well said, Dr. King. And, 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 um, I just want to thank you for taking the time and, and, and there's a lot there that we can unpack next time for sure. 
Um, and and I, the, my takeaway of this is is the integrity piece of it and uh, yeah. being whole, being whole of who I'm called to be and, and being that yes. light. And I want to thank you for being obedient to your your calling and, and what God has placed on you. Just when you were sharing your, your intro and your story, it's obvious that God has taken you on a lot of twists and turns and you've been obedient and um, probably some 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 worry some doubt some unknown along that way but you have been obedient and because of that obedience you're serving the kingdom and i want to thank you for that and appreciate also the time that you were able to invest uh both in us as well as in this podcast so dr ken thank you very much for being here with us today it is a sacred honor thanks thanks and thanks everyone for listening yeah i got goosebumps just listening to you talk there dr king i think that's going to be so helpful uh, for our listeners. Um, just as we close out, Robert, can we talk about uh, our next episode for early December? Is that okay? Sure, go ahead, John. Yeah, so we have a lot of school counselors uh, in our chapter, and so our next guest will be Dr. Mitchell, who's uh, one of our professors at Liberty and in our chapter, uh, who is also a school counselor. So that same survey that we used uh, for this episode, we surveyed uh, some specific school counseling questions so we're excited to have her uh, the beginning of December. Uh, so for those of our listeners who are staying with us, uh, stay tuned for that next one. And uh, another little shameless plug, uh, the Thoughtful Counselor just did an episode on integration uh, that Mike Shook, uh, the main host over there, did. So check out uh, the Thoughtful Counselor for their recent episode on the integration piece. Uh, and the Thoughtful Counselor, as a lot of us may remember, is um, one of our assignments from Counseling 500 uh, to listen to an episode with Dr. Carl Shapiro. So check that out. Uh, but again, Dr. King, thanks so much. You're so beautiful. It's so good to have you here and, and we're so grateful. Well, thanks, thanks. And uh, yeah, for those who are in our CSI chapter, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to know many and all of you as well and for others as well god bless you yeah thank you dr king and, and for those that are listening you can you can like us and follow us on any of your platforms google itunes podbeam you just search up renar voice and you can follow us and that way you won't miss our next episode with dr mitchell mitchell again dr king thank you so much i want to thank everybody for listening jeff thank you for for navigating this ship with me as always. I appreciate it. And to all our listeners, I hope you check in to us next time. Thanks.